time for us to sweat. <laughs> it's like we're in a hot yoga class I know. all over again. Time. It's like, and actually, I feel fine. Time for us to. I feel fine too. Just don't think about it. I've just been. Oh no, I'm fine. I've just been sweating the whole time. What, one, day. Once, yeah. once we're just sitting, it'll feel. It'll feel better. Olivia, what's going on with you right now? What's happened today? What's been a crazy thing that's happened today? I went to Yoga Sculpt in Boston. Okay. At Core Power. Okay. Because our studio is closed. Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Crazy things happening on yeah. the west side. I sweat a lot. And so we're back here in the studio sweating again. Yeah. So it's um, crazy. It is very, 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 very hot. It's I, I don't know what's going on. It's it's really hot outside. That's where um, you did your training, though, right? So it's like kind of going is. back to your uh, sculpt roots. Yes. Oh yeah. Fun. Every time I go back to Core Power, it it's it's nice because I know exactly like what they're going to teach yeah. in a right. way. But I also can like gauge how much I've grown as an instructor because. Lots of times they'll teach like the same format and I'm like, oh, wow, I've grown so much compared to like where I started. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a fun like reflection. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to West Side Chats, third episode. We're having a blast doing these, so we're going to keep on going. We have with us today Olivia, Olivia Bretzman, one of our teachers at the studio tends to teach a lot of yoga sculpt. Um, do you do. teach non-yoga sculpt too? At, I know, obviously you do. Do you teach it with us at Westside? Whenever I sub, yeah. it's typically a non-yoga sculpt yeah. class. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but awesome. most, mostly yoga sculpt, yes. Yeah. So third episode, we're moving through our chakras. Third chakra is... It's solar plexus. Solar plexus. I also wasn't here for episode <laughs> two, so happy to be here. Yeah back joe's been cruising yeah cruising without along. me yeah rachel and um, i uh had a <laughs> add driven <laughs> 90 minute <laughs> chat session no it was great we had a lot of fun but yes we do have Corey back this time yeah let's get started Corey wanted to do some intros we'll just just make sure we've got a baseline for everybody do you want to start yeah so solar plexus is really interesting it's the energy center it's centered right above the belly button So it's located kind of right in your gut. And the solar plexus chakra is associated with our confidence, with our um, decision-making, not like intuition decision-making, but Mm -hmm. decision-making where you, you know, when you have that gut feeling, right? Your gut feeling Mm -hmm. that this is the right decision I should make. And when you follow that gut decision, you feel fine. But we all have had those instances where we don't follow our gut decision. <laughs> and then maybe our digestion gets a little oh, funky. Yeah. We feel really off, mm-hmm. like in our center. So that's kind of when we talk about like an unbalanced or underactive solar plexus. The Sanskrit name is Manipura. It's the color yellow. It's really bright. When I teach or talk about it, I think of it as like a buzzing circular ball of energy that's Mm -hmm. just circulating right above the belly button area. And we can talk more about this as we go through this hour (laughs) together, but a lot of breath work, like breath of fire is a Mm -hmm. great way to activate that. Twists you'll see in class will be a great way to get into that area, really ring it out. And a lot of core activation to get in there. So usually a solar plexus class is the most fiery of a of a class compared to the rest mm-hmm. of our chakras. So abdominal focus. Abdominal. Yeah. Really the trunk, right? And mm-hmm. and 
everything that we do comes from our core. Our limbs are mm-hmm. all attached here, our head, right? We need this strong center, yeah. um, but we we often tend to neglect it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we just think of it as like, oh, I need to get six, like yeah. six pack abs. Like that's actually not the point. <laughs> the point is just to have a strong center. So anatomically, we feel strong. We feel mm-hmm. good. We feel right. confident. But then spiritually, you know, we can dig into what, you know, feeling unbalanced means when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good stuff to touch on with this one, right? We think of it as confidence. You think butterflies in the stomach, that, that could be a good representation yes, of that totally. right feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everyone's familiar with that sensation. You're nervous about something. It's a good way to uh, visualize that if you're following along with us here. Before we get into that, Olivia, hi. Yes, hi. Um, we obviously know you pretty well at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, would love it if you can give us a little bit of background on you, how you ended up in Providence would be, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure people would love to hear that and uh, a little bit of your yoga journey. Yeah, of course. Well, hi, everyone. If you haven't met me, I'm Olivia or Liv. You can call me whatever. I am originally from Minnesota and I moved to Providence when I went to college. So I went to PC Go Friars. Uh, gotta say that. <laughs> and I started teaching at the studio um, my senior year of college. So that was an amazing blessing for my last year of college, kind of an escape from all the craziness, all of the classes and whatnot. But I started uh, my yoga journey when I was literally in middle school. So it's been a long time. Oh, wow. but. I grew up as a competitive figure skater, so we did a lot of yoga, actually, like as conditioning and just stretching and whatnot. But then I started going consistently to Core Power back home in Minnesota when I was probably 16 or 17, so a little bit more in that high school era of things. And then I got my 200 hours from Core Power in 2019, I believe. Um, And then, yeah, I've been teaching ever since. I taught at PC for a while and then obviously started at Westside. And it's like one of my favorite things to do ever. And I love it. And I don't ever plan on stopping. (laughs) Did I ever tell you this story? We had someone call the studio once because you talked about, you know, teaching your senior year. Yeah. We had someone who called the studio once asking a bunch of questions, like wanted to understand all the options and was really excited. You know, I had a great conversation with her Mm -hmm. and she said, yeah, I actually work at Providence College and I would take classes and there was a student there named Olivia who taught and I just I saw she was teaching at your studio and I wanted to come and it was a oh, I love glowing that. review. Oh, um, I love that. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah. But I don't think we ever heard from her. Oh, so. yeah, we did. She came to class. Did she? Are oh, you sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking I about. I do know who you're talking about. Okay, if, well, if we I think she's a member. Oh, that's Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Well, we won't name names, but no. if you know who you are. <laughs> no, I have to talk to Corey after this. Yeah. If you're listening, send us a, a yeah. quick uh, email or DM. And yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Okay. So figure skating. Yes. That was your introduction to yoga. Oh, essentially. yeah, definitely. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. It's a very crazy world, skating. It's very competitive, very, how should I put this, health focused, but also it can be really um, toxic Mm -hmm. environment Mm -hmm. too. But I was grateful to have like a really good coach who helped me, you know, not focus on kind of that area of like losing a lot of weight to be like a really good skater or those skaters that skate all the time. So they like 
literally don't even go through puberty, like stuff like that. And that's crazy. it's actually absurd, but I had so much fun doing that. And that's where like a lot of creativity and like my connection to music and all of that stuff definitely came from. Like I had some amazing choreographers that I worked with. So I've always been really connected to like musicality and movement and like all that good stuff. So then also starting yoga then was kind of more for like the stretching. Obviously, mm-hmm. you need to be flexible. But over time, I actually had a choreographer who taught and she was 200 hours certified and she started to get more into like the mindfulness aspect, yep. the breath aspect and chakras. She did. It wasn't like as in depth, but she mm-hmm. did. And like, obviously, I was like really young. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But <laughs> that was definitely my first introduction. And then, you know, you kind of do it here and there as you grow up maybe you take a class Mm -hmm. once in a while but then I started doing it honestly as a way to um, not escape but kind of like have that thing outside of school and sports and skating that was like all mine and fun and like a good way to stay active and stuff too so it's really interesting I wanted to bring you on for this chakra because I feel like there's so much to talk about in terms of like confidence and like Uh If you guys don't know, I mean, Olivia said she graduated college. She's not old like me and Joe. Like, she's still like... Hey, I'm in- not old either. <laughs> what? So I'm old? You're older than me. Yeah, I know. So great. Ooh, I'm too. the oldest one in the room. <laughs> but Joe and I, we always laugh because we started dating literally when like Tinder came out. And so neither <laughs> yeah, one true. of us have ever been on yeah. a dating app. Probably um, preceded the swipe era. Yeah, we did. You're lucky. <laughs> I, you Old know, and that's what everyone says. But I really wanted to have you on to talk about like confidence in like figure skating, being in that environment yeah. as such a young kid. Yeah. And then also being in college and the time that you were in college, I feel like is interesting. And you also grew up like in middle school and high school with social media where we didn't really have that. Yeah. I really would love to like understand or like get your point of view and what that was like. And then how that has affected you now as like you're a young adult, like in the workforce, you know, like (laughs) working girl, trying to figure out, you know, your path. And yeah, so that's like five questions in one. But I don't know, maybe we can start with just let's talk about figure skating, figure skating and like your confidence there. Um, Yeah, I'm interested in that as well. Yeah, Corey and I are both well, and you said before the podcast, you were a singer, which I didn't know that. Um, Yes, but you know, I had no idea. Did anyone else know that Olivia was a singer? Yeah, I certainly didn't. Um, <clears throat> but Corey and I both sang, you know, we both sang acapella in college. Yes. We were both athletes. So, yes. you know, figure skating is kind of an interesting blend of art and mm-hmm. athletics in a performance sense. So I think we all kind of have this interesting perspective on confidence. And I think it comes across in performance. So I guess in figure skating, how old were you when you started? Oh, my gosh. When I started skating, like yeah. learn to skate, you start. Sure. You're so baby, like in Minnesota. <laughs> They're like, they put skates on you as soon as you can walk. Wow. I kid you That's not. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So I was probably three or four years old when I did learn to skate, or at wow. least when I did my first skating mm-hmm. lesson. And But my whole family grew up doing hockey. Because um, you have brothers, right? I have two brothers and okay. a sister, and all of them played hockey. So I was the odd one out. Oh, wow. Definitely the most emotional child. Yeah. Definitely the most, like, sassy and like spunky and my mom would say probably one of the more creative ones are you the youngest i am yep does mm. any of this ring a bell anyone no we're no old. we're both we're both we're both the oldest i have two younger brothers <laughs> Corey has a younger sister so yeah. <laughs> i was like 
Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, Sorry. yeah. It does. It does. But yeah. I wanted to do something different. But yeah. I also like told my mom, I'm like, I don't want to wear black skates. I want to wear white skates. Like mm. I saw like the Olympics and I was like, they're so beautiful. My gosh. And then just started from there. And I was a really shy child, even mm. though I was like spunky, sassy, creative, all these things. I was like homeschooled when I was little okay. and like did not have great confidence per se. I mean, you're young, so you're still learning. But yeah. for a while, I definitely was not that confident. But like you learn very quickly how to stand up in front of a crowd mm -hmm. because at age nine, I had to take my first test. So in skating, you have to take these tests with six judges. You go out on the ice on your own. And like, it is the most terrifying thing in the world. And you have to do all these edges and moves and like everyone's just staring at you and then they judge you. So I was judged from a very young age. <laughs> so going through that, slowly you just obviously become more confident. But I don't think I ever found like true confidence in like who I was as a person until mm -hmm. way later. Even though you mm -hmm. can like kind of go out there and do your thing. It doesn't mean you're like confident in who you are. So yeah. I feel like that's twofold. But I definitely grew so much from that. And then I was able to apply that to school or, you know, like yeah. I sang in church growing up. So that was also a thing that mm -hmm. I did. And then in high school as well. And then it all kind of meshed together where I did feel really comfortable in front of a crowd. But that was just that natural progression. It's interesting that. that you say that because my journey was kind of similar too. Yeah. So I I was a competitive pianist at a young age. Of so you were. I know. So I would similarly, right? You yep. go up, yep. you practice this one piece, it's memorized. Yep. You sit in the audience with all the other kids. Everyone has their little gloves on to keep their fingers warm. <laughs> and then you just go up and you play and everyone's staring at you yep. and you it's a competition. Yep. That would be the same with anything. I did a lot of performance as a young kid. So I learned how to go on stage mm -hmm. very early. I learned how to public speak yep. very early. But I was silent yeah. in school. Yeah. I was so quiet. I would get reviews like home to my parents, like <laughs> Corey doesn't participate. And it would be tough. Like I, I remember like sitting in classes and this is like high school. Like, so I'm, you know, 13, 14, 15, whatever. And I would have an idea or have something I wanted to say, mm -hmm. but I was so petrified to say it, not because I was afraid of talking, but because I think I was like just so nervous that like it wasn't the right thing the right or I would mm -hmm. be judged or whatever. But it was so confusing because then I would have no trouble going up on stage and singing, performing, yeah, performing or singing or yeah. whatever. So it didn't really make sense. <laughs> and then it's like over time, yeah. I would say in the past, gosh, 10 years, yeah. I now have been able to mesh those two into the just, okay, I am yeah. confident to have an opinion I don't just let mm -hmm. it sit there and fester, but I can also still get up on stage and I can talk to a million people yeah. and not be afraid of that. I think, you know, what I said earlier about kind of the butterflies in the stomach, it seems like maybe that's not really the true representation of solar plexus. Because in that sense, right, like you both said it and as you were saying it, I mm -hmm. kind of realized I was like, it's a good point that like just kind of getting up on stage in front of people it's a skill. It's a skill. And yeah. it's kind of one of those things that once you've gotten over that initial fear of getting out and doing that, 
you definitely still get it. It's not like I was nervous once before a show and then was never nervous like ever right. again in my no, performing career. Every time career. I sing the Messiah, I get nervous. <laughs> well, right, yeah, right. And that's the thing. And it's like, you kind of just learn how to harness it. It doesn't force you to stop what you're doing and like, oh, do I really want to do this? Should I back out right now? Like you kind of just get over that. But then I think what you guys are talking about a little bit is more like, it's almost like expressing opinion. It's really just making yourself vulnerable. You gave a good example of, um, you know, asking for white skates instead of black skates, mm -hmm. right? And Corey, you're saying like, you would be super silent in school, get notes sent home to your parents. Where do you guys think that disconnect lies? What's the X factor? Or what do you think helped I think you I was in afraid, your, in your I think journeys? I was afraid of being judged that I would have the wrong answer. Even though the school I went to, it was welcomed. It was all about discussion. Sure. It was, mm -hmm. it was, let's talk about it. And kids would say, dumb stuff all the time. Yeah. It might have also been this like sense of, well, it needs to be perfect, right? Because mm -hmm. if I was going out on stage, I wasn't winging it. I was mm -hmm. perfected. Yeah. I was prepared to do that. And I could handle the pressure because I would use it mm -hmm. to help me knowing that I was prepared. I think I would wait in school until the moment was right, but there wasn't such a moment because then class would be done. <laughs> right. Or the worst was when somebody else would say the same thing oh my gosh. and the yep. teacher would praise them. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I was truly all over the place in like, I don't know. I think it was confidence though. I Well, it's probably a mix of confidence and then a mix of like, you know, we can talk about throat chakra in yeah. more detail in a few weeks, but like a mix of not feeling yeah. like I was yeah. able to, to talk. Yeah. I almost see it as like, when you're that young and you're learning to perform i don't think that it's necessarily coming from a place of confidence because you you just don't have confidence as a kid most people don't yeah i think any kid who's able to do that is really kind of mastering the art of fake it till you make it and you know if you're going out there and performing right it, whether that's for athletics whether it's for art or you know whatever combination of the two you're doing mm -hmm. what you're getting to is yeah i guess i'm not really sure what i'm trying to say with that yeah. I think what you're trying to say is that we weren't able to go out there and do well at our craft because we were confident. We were able yeah. to go out and at our craft because we you had worked hard and, and we it. perfected it. And we were, we knew that this is what we had to do, even though we wanted to do it. Yeah. We knew we had right. to do this to be successful in what we wanted to do. And it was a learned skill to mm -hmm. be able to go out in front of those people. Yeah. yeah. But behind the curtain, if you didn't do well, feel pretty shitty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when my my Russian piano teacher, I'm pretty sure she was Russian, you know, she was pretty serious. Like when I started to kind of not practice as much <laughs> and yeah. I was like wearing my nails a little longer mm. or, you know, just being a, you know, a high school mad kid. About your nails. I mean, yes, 100 percent. And I mean, she was right. She was a teacher for people that were professionals. Right. Yeah. And the thought of me not continuing in that like wasn't what she was right <laughs> there to do yeah. <laughs> whenever you would do your figure skating performances were you always nervous was it always a, a really difficult thing did you always have the butterflies in your stomach yes until I was probably 16 mm -hmm. I like was terrified every single time I went out there and quite literally I almost like when you're little you don't really have many serious elements in your yeah. program so you're not doing much. So like I won a lot when I was really little. And then I had this phase in like middle school where I was just like flopping on everything. Yeah. Like I would 
practice it. It would be great. I would go out there. I would compete and I would fail. Like I would fall and I would do all this mm -hmm. stuff and I would get off and I would just be so upset. And then all of a sudden, like something changed. And I don't know if it was just, I went to an all girls high school. So that gave me a lot of like confidence. Like I was around my friends. Like I had just like a very weird <laughs> energy and like I was embracing myself more. Like mm -hmm. when I transitioned into that type of like school environment, so you were homeschooled until high school? No, oh. I was homeschooled and then I went to like just a little private school for elementary school. And then I went to all girls school. Got it. But once I kind of hit that like high school age, something again, like in me kind of shifted and I don't know exactly what it was, but I was like really pumped to go out there and I'd be like, I'm mm. just going to like do it. I don't really care what anyone thinks of me now. Yeah. Like, I think there was like a mindset shift to like yes. what you were saying, Corey, like if you failed, then you were really upset at yourself. And I used to get so upset at myself. And then I kind of like fix that. And I was like, I'm just going to do whatever. And whatever the result is, is the result. And like, if you just go out there with that mentality of like, all right, here's me. This is what I'm doing. You're either going to like it or you're not. Yeah. That was, I don't know. It was a shift. I think I started doing more like creative artistic programs and like skating then too. Like I started doing theater on ice, which was like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm, super fun. Um, Like stuff like that. That was like more my energy rather than the super serious jumps like very technical yeah yeah I was so much more like the emotional skater yeah. um and so like doing programs that were like more emotional and like really more me like helped me be confident yeah. and then it shifted and then I think after that I started to feel more confident just in myself and who I was when I was doing something I loved and was good at it you know yeah yeah, yeah. what were some of the shows you did Theater on Ice is weird because it's not like so it kind of reminds me of like Disney on Ice. It's not like you did Beauty and the Beast on Ice or yeah. no, no, and it, there were no lines like no one spoke. <laughs> so you would go out right. there and you would have like we did like Alice in Wonderland. Yes, I was wow. the Cheshire Cat. Stop. <laughs> Terrifying. Can I see a picture, please? Um, I might be able to pull one <laughs> oh out of the graveyard on my mom's phone, but funny stuff like that. Like yeah. it wasn't anything serious, but it was like it was a six minute long program. There would be like 25 people in total and we had like a curtain and you go behind and like do costume changes and like come that's back amazing. out. It was so fun. Like, oh my I gosh, that's so it. fun. So yeah, cool. it was amazing. The I loved shows that. Are everywhere oh yeah they now they are they're all over the place uh-huh anastasia on ice was my favorite as a kid oh there you go i loved anastasia i don't think That's i've so seen funny. anything on ice anastasia no. on ice it's just not my no it's just oh not next my. time disney on yeah, ice you gotta go. going. <laughs> wait what weren't we gonna see we had played around with going to see bluey on ice no bluey live bluey live oh. not bluey on ice <laughs> Get two very different things. <laughs> yeah. I guess Bluey on Ice doesn't really work because it's Australia and it's just do There's Bluey no on. ice there. <laughs> There's no There's ice, no ice in Australia. Ice. I think there'd be a, a tour, you know, would come sure. here. Right. Um, <laughs> so every time you would go to perform, you had that butterflies in the oh, stomach yeah. deathly. Yeah, for every time. About, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I would get cotton mouth. My stomach yeah. would be a mess. I knew so many skaters and similarly to performing, right? Sure. Like I knew skaters that would throw up every single time before they yeah. skated. They couldn't help it. Like it was like, even if they told themselves I'm not going to do it, they had to. Yeah. Um, my stomach would always hurt right before. I would be so anxious or nervous. And then. What do you think changed when you hit that kind of mid high school mark when you started to feel more confident? 
again, like I think it was just when you get older, you start yeah. doing things you True. like. Like you actually have a choice. Like you can mm-hmm. tell, you can be like, mom, yeah. I actually want to do this sport instead of that and stuff like that. So I just think I was like more confident as a person. And again, I was doing more like skating that I enjoyed rather mm-hmm. than like trying to fit this mold of like what you're supposed to do necessarily. So I think that definitely had to do with it. I also think like, and this is maybe reaching a bit, but like as you get older, you get stronger, right? You're going to start like conditioning more and more stuff resilient. like that. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. literally if you link it back to like the core, generally speaking, you're going to be a lot stronger. So like that helps too, just knowing you can trust your body more yeah. mm-hmm. um, and your intuition and like yourself more instead of like a flailing little child on the ice <laughs> that doesn't relate to what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> It's like actually you're, you know, understanding and feeling. Yeah what's moving in your body yes. and how it's moving together. Whereas when you're a kid, they're like, okay, tuck your arms in. Yeah. You're like, okay, sure. And then it works. And but like, it works. Okay, cool. and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in college, what was your experience like with confidence? What did that, yeah. what did that development look like? So like Corey said, like I grew up with social media. Yes. Which sucked. <clears throat> I can't we, even and imagine, we, and to we be were honest. Ta- before we started recording, yeah. we were talking about like, what's Gen X? And we we're like, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're like trying to figure out who's in what. I mean, I don't fucking know. We're like millennials. No, we're millennials. Are we millennials? I think Olivia is a Gen Z. I think, Gen. I think we're at the tail end of millennials, like almost. Yeah, we're almost Gen almost Z. Almost Gen Z. Like if I wear my cargo pants and a yeah. bucket hat, I'm Gen Z, you know. But then if I like <laughs> don't wear that, well, my, then I'm millennial. And my, <laughs> oh my, God. my meme language is definitely Gen Z, but I'm like right on the border and my brothers are both younger. So like they're Gen Z. Then we were saying, well, Olivia, we're like, I guess pretty squarely Gen Z. Um, You know, it's kind of good. We have a little bit of time separation. It's just good to have the different perspectives. But yeah, growing up with social media. Oh, yeah. I look like. I mean, so I was a late adopter, if you will, of it. My mom was very strict with Mm -hmm. that, which I am so grateful. Thank you, mom, for not letting me get Instagram when I was like in middle school because God knows I would have been a wreck. God. I I can't imagine Instagram in middle school. No. I begged my parents when I was a sophomore to get a Facebook because all my friends had it. Oh, yeah. And I was terribly yeah. lonely and had no friends and I had to a do secret this. MySpace but, yeah. oh, and the top that. eight really fucks you up yeah. oh my god I can't even imagine see that's even worse I never yeah. had MySpace I don't think we even had Instagram until college college college, right. the, college freshman or sophomore freshman year of college freshman sophomore year of college for us it was like 2011 or 12 something like yeah. that yeah okay so props to Props Mama to Bretzman to Mary for you yeah. know Instagram <laughs> yeah, in middle school. Thank that, you. Even I was always very angry good. with her. You know, yes. I was always like, oh. but <laughs> thank God because I was very again like I had a lot of mental health issues. Yeah. Like I'm, after middle school, kind of like freshman year of high school, I was like not sure who I was. Like friends change. You know that whole transition so hard. So like mm-hmm. I know if I had that, I would have been like more of a wreck than I already mm-hmm. was. So I got it my senior year of high school when I was going off to college. And like at that point, my mom obviously didn't really have control over what I was doing. (laughs) Um, And I don't think she really cared, but it was just kind of like, you know, exciting times to stay in touch with all my high school friends and stuff. And at first I think it was like fine, but going through college, like, which is obviously a huge time of personal growth. Like, I think I found, like, 
I kind of already like knew who I was, like started to like my senior year of high school. Like I went through a lot my senior year of high school. My parents got divorced. So I had like a really rough go, but I like really found myself through that. Like I was super confident in like what I knew, like I liked, like I knew I started to like to write more and was so much more in tune with my creative side, all that good stuff. So then getting like social media, then I was like, this is more of like a creative tool for me and I Mm -hmm. love it. So that was great. And then going into college, like I was again, confident. I'm good at speaking to people. Like I skated. I believe myself to be an intelligent person. So I felt good going into college and I didn't have too many issues with it necessarily, but it is like for a freshman, any freshman, you know, no matter who you are, but you see these posts of like, all these like groups of friends like hanging out like Mm -hmm. that first week of college and they're like all together and you're like oh my god I don't have any friends Mm. like Mm. everyone's starting to get friends and that was like so many of my friends thank god we're very down to earth and we talked about it a ton we're like how do people have friends already like you don't know who you like you know like you're that type of stuff so like stuff like that was always like thank god I kind of knew about it but I know that was toxic for so many people and then just a whole other thing I think about social media, and this is like, you can talk about it in college terms, but the expectations that mm-hmm. it puts on, especially like being a young woman and you're like at this school with tons of people who work out all the time. There's a lot of athletes. It's like very, a very homogenous like culture. There's a lot of pressure to like look a certain way, to wear certain clothes, to like act a certain way. And obviously social media just like, drives that home. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously hard. Thankfully, again, I was like confident in who I was. So I knew I didn't really want to be like that. But you always have that voice in the back of your head that's saying like, look at this. This is great. Like, don't you kind of want that life? Or like, don't you want to look like that person? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's always been a challenge. But I think that's true for everyone. Oh, it is. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you, at 30 years old. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know who I am. I'm very happy with my life and the things that I've worked hard to get. I'm so grateful that I carried a baby. I know all of these things. Yeah. And it takes work on yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you have everyone has low moments. Of course. And it's in those low moments. For some reason, you're drawn to look and scroll and compare, Mm -hmm. but not in the high moments. In the high moments, you're like, wow, look what I've done. I feel amazing. I'm doing so much. I don't need to compare myself to anybody. And then in these low moments, I find instead of like doing things that are better, like journaling or maybe talking with a friend or moving your body or anything else, anything else yeah. but going to your phone to then compare yourself to another person or woman that you don't know mm-hmm. compare your business to somebody else's when it has nothing to do with you totally compare your child's level of development <laughs> like i mean the list yeah. could go on yeah it's like this crutch in those low moments i find myself scrolling and comparing oh, when yeah. that's like the last thing yeah we should be doing in those moments yeah. you know yeah and deep down you know too you're like i shouldn't of be course. on here <laughs> you're it's like terrible. you're telling yourself in the back of your head and you're doing I know. it anyway. i mean that's a good point is that it, it really is just kind of feeding on those insecurities and oh for sure it really is kind of designed to if you think of solar plexus if you mm-hmm. just correlate it directly with confidence right i think that's the fairest analog yeah 
social media is like the purest form of sabotage <laughs> for mm-hmm. confidence. Absolutely. In every respect, if you really think about it, because like, you know, and this applies for men too, right? I, you know, not I'm not saying you guys are like leaving men out of the conversation. I also don't want to sound like a <laughs> Anyone, men's rights activist any or anything like that. Like that's any not, person that's not what I'm getting at. But you know, it. I mean, it's yes. men are just as susceptible to Absolutely. the same mm-hmm. type of messaging. I've certainly struggled with that. But I think the reason it's such a good saboteur of your own confidence is that one yes it's presenting the opportunity for comparison and so that in and of itself if you're given the opportunity to do so is just not going to go well and it's going to bring you down social media by its nature it's asking you to tell a story tell a narrative and everyone can have their own opinion about this but like nine times out of ten someone is at least going to adjust some aspect Mm -hmm. of what they're posting even if it is a small detail or it's something in a photo or, you know, they're not telling the whole story. So social media really is making you editorialize your life Mm -hmm. and come up with a alternate version of what you actually like would want to say. And Mm -hmm. in that respect, right, you're practicing speaking from a voice that isn't your own. It's because you're sabotaging your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And if we think about it that way, I mean, social media, there's certain aspects of it that are redeemable, I think. Mm-hmm. It, maybe the jury is still out. We still need more evidence on that. But like, I mean, there are, it's, yeah, there, yeah. There, there is some. Yeah, there's yeah. some. There's yeah. some. But both of you guys can maybe expand a little bit on what it might feel like if someone's having a blocked solar plexus, right? What depletion there looks like. What does that manifest like in the body? Mm-hmm. If it's something that you feel like you might be struggling with, you've got that kind of anxiety sitting in your stomach. You just kind of have that sensation if you're comparing yourself or you catch yourself getting upset. Try taking a break. It's just kind of little things that you can do. Like, you know, I said before, I didn't get Facebook until I was a sophomore in high school. And yeah. to this day, it's a struggle. Like, you know, 30-year-old guy, it's a struggle. Yeah. I don't feel not confident in the things that I'm doing because I'm doing Mm -hmm. the things that I have now chosen to do and direct my time and attention and given my whole self to where, no, I don't get nervous when I go to teach anymore. No, I don't get nervous when I go up and speak at work Mm -hmm. because I know my craft. It's just like how I was as a kid. But now the whole piece is together where it's like, this is now my like identity in a way. So I feel good about it. For me, it's more of the, if I'm not making the right call or the right Mm -hmm. decision, or I feel like a decision or or something is weighing on me, I think it's actually more of this connection, which we'll talk about as we get into the upper chakras of this like solar plexus to heart to throat issue, where if I feel like I have something I want to say, I know I should say it, but Mm -hmm. I have a block in my throat. I feel like I don't want to be vulnerable, maybe. So that's Mm -hmm. my heart, right? So I'm getting closed off in my chest. My throat is now tightening and I'm closed off. Now, as a result of that, yeah, my stomach is upside down Yeah, because... Mm -hmm. I haven't said it. I haven't said what I want to say or I haven't made that call that I know I should make or I haven't spoken to the friend that I should Mm -hmm. say this to. You know, the list could go on, but then you you see this manifestation of how one unbalanced part of the body then just affects everything. everything. And and it starts at the root, right? I mean, 
of course, if you're not secure and safe in your body and you don't trust your body right. like you were talking about mm-hmm. or trust the environment that you're in, yeah, all. everything's going to be all out. But it can also be in certain parts. Like some of you know who are listening, I lost a friend a few weeks ago. Let me tell you, I couldn't teach anything but basic And again, there's nothing wrong with going back to basics, but I like to be a little bit more creative and do things differently. My class was probably the most basic class I've ever taught in a long time. There was no creativity because let me tell you, I was so blocked in my hips, my emotional center, my root. I was all over the place. My stomach fell off because I was like, gosh, I should have reached out to her about X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. you know, when everything is thrown off. And and it was really... um, that was the first time I had really experienced like a true like imbalance where my product and my craft was actually affected by that. This long-winded story really just to say that Mm -hmm. not just the one part of you, that confidence center, everything connected to it is affected Mm -hmm. because of whatever is going on. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a good point too is that I might have tried to do that before, but it's not really fair to take sort of one emotion and kind of box it into one shocker, right? right? Right. Or take one external stimuli, right? Death of a friend or, you know, a performance result, someone judging you, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. You are going to be affected, right? It's not that like, oh, your chakra is affected, right? It is a chain of energy. You know, mm-hmm. it, yes, there can be blockages in certain points, but it's supposed to flow. If you're having trouble expressing something, you don't feel confident, okay? Is it a throat issue? You know, is it a confidence issue? You know, what is it that's actually causing that? It's not like you're going to be able to identify and no one's really going to be able to look at you and say, "Oh yeah, it's your solar plexus chakra." No, yeah, no. no and that's why this isn't like you know, a, it's, it's so yeah. but it's it's I think it is kind of helpful to think about because like we talk about the butterflies in the stomach mm-hmm. um i think that is a kind of universally understood sensation right that's why it's so but you know it's not that's always a negative so sensation though too no, 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 right no, you that's, know that's, that's that's what i'm saying right it, it's not negative but i'm saying everyone is familiar with that concept mm-hmm. and so i think it's helpful for us to kind of talk about confidence in the context of your stomach and in that location in your body because if you receive bad news, I think yeah. most people would agree the first reaction you have is you kind of mm-hmm. feel that pit in your stomach, right? Yeah. Your, your stomach kind of falls out. Everyone has that. Yep. That is your solar plexus. That's that's, that's the your, It's your core. It's your core. It's your center. It really is. Yeah. It is your mm-hmm. center so when you get, of your body. When you get rocked with bad information or with yep. anything like that, it's the first thing that you feel. You get rocked. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably going to feel those effects, you're going to feel it there first and then it's going to kind of spread from there, right? You're going to start to get emotional. You might start to yeah. cry depending on the news. You might get really excited depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you, even if you're getting good news, you get a pit in your stomach, right? It, it's not, it's not yeah. exclusive to negative emotions or negative feelings. But I, I think, think it, for it, me, it, it is helpful for us to kind of talk about the chakra in this context, right? Because it's not just bad stuff, but there's good stuff. With no, it too. but I think it's also helpful to understand and then start to really have this true body awareness when something happens, good or bad. And for me, yes, it happened to be bad. And it's just, I'm still feeling it. And so I I feel like I can talk like clearly about it. But for me, right, it was initially the drop in the stomach, 100%. And then my hips were killing me. No creativity. There was not Mm -hmm. one creative thought in my head. Right. Like absolutely nothing. And then I felt it the next day start to travel up exactly what you were saying, Joe, to like my heart, my Mm -hmm. chest. I get cupping and gua sha. Like my back, I was in so much pain Mm -hmm. in my upper back. 
but I was aware of it. And then I could pinpoint it and be like, when I went to acupuncture, I was like, can you just help me unblock some stuff up here? If we start to become aware of these, and that's really what the point of West Side Flow is too, the class, Mm -hmm. if you take it, is just to become aware of these centers and have an idea of what you can do to help if you feel rocked in any of those areas. And it's helpful as well, right? Corey talks about awareness. Any sort of... I'll say meditation-based practice, whether it's a religious practice like Buddhism, Hinduism, something like that, but anything where you're asked to meditate, Mm -hmm. what it's asking for is awareness. It's Mm -hmm. not asking for you to comment on the issue. It's not asking for you to editorialize. It's none of that. It's just what's the sensation you're feeling? Not positive, not negative. It's just what is it? Like I think the thing that people can kind of take away and notice with solar plexus is notice when you feel a shift in your stomach, Mm -hmm. right? Notice when you have that sensation throughout the day. Is there something happening at work that's causing that? Are you talking to a friend and they're saying something that's either a bit of bad news or they're saying something surprising and your stomach shifts or you get good news and you feel that shift in your stomach? Being aware of that can be helpful to help kind of diagnose what's going on in your life, what's going on in your brain. I did the same thing earlier this week, Corey. I had a massage and it's Danielle, one of our teachers here at Westside, who's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I did Reiki for the first time. I had a pretty significant emotional release the next day, kind of unexpected. And then now the rest of this whole week, like I said the other day, like my shoulder, I showed you that thing on my shoulder. I was like, the hell's going on? And then it was like my clavicle I noticed the other day was like sore. And then my this morning, like my feet were killing me. And I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Like I had this release and now it's just kind of like moving through my body mm-hmm. and getting itself out. Yep. I'm starting to kind of work through this kind of personal work that I've done this week. And what I'm trying to notice is what's the difference that I feel in these different places in my body mm-hmm. if I'm trying to sit down and meditate and do something. So you're not always going to feel good in your gut. Your gut feeling's not always going to no. be good. But being aware of it, starting to notice it and having that drive, wow, why did I react that way? What do I feel when I feel that pit in my stomach? Mm-hmm. It's just awareness. Just awareness. Just awareness. Yeah. You can also bring it back to like, yes, mentally, like knowing the core too but like strengthening it physically then Mm -hmm. too is so important like you can connect all the chakras or like all the parts of the body back to the core so i feel like a lot of yoga is simply like digging into that solar Mm -hmm. plexus and into your core and like strengthening it physically but also like when you feel stronger not to look a certain way, but stronger. So you feel good in your you body. You feel good in your body. And then, yeah. oh my God, you feel confident. Like, yes. And then it's like that mindfulness comes. You don't just like wake yeah. up with it one day and you're like, no. I know everything. Like, Fuck. right? Like, absolutely not. But <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's so true. No, it's like, okay, here's the thing, right? It's like, okay, Corey and I, own a yoga studio. We've been doing yoga for 10 years. I'm one of the most well-read people you're going to meet on Buddhism and East Asian religions Mm -hmm. and meditation. And like, swear to God, it is the hardest fucking thing in the world is having a meditation practice. It is so... We literally actually argue about it. We do argue about it. Because he'll be like, did you, you know, you need to go do your 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. but, But, you know, and I mentioned this emotional release before, like, you know, my parents are getting divorced. There's a bunch of shit going on, right? Mm. But like having that release and now starting to look at it, like if I don't take the time to try to be aware of those sensations and understand 
what's going on there. It's just going to go in the background. It's not going to get addressed. And then I'm going to be upset later and yep. not really understand why. Yeah. And and I think it's also, yeah. too, I've been telling jo you this, Joe, but you don't have to name, right, what the issue is. Right. The first is just being aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, you could be feeling it in your stomach, but maybe it's really that you're a little shaken in your root chakra mm -hmm. or yeah. maybe you're up in your throat and you haven't been able to speak your mind to a friend or mm -hmm. your family or yeah. whomever. And so it's really just being aware of the feeling mm -hmm. yeah. and saying, okay, I feel this. Yeah. Let's like, let's unpack. Let's see what happens. Maybe right. if I move, if mm -hmm. I'm, if I meditate, if I yeah. get some body work done and then see what happens where Joe had this stuck thing, I just got to get it out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, we have to like move it out. You know, you're probably mm -hmm. feeling some unbalance in a lot of parts yeah. of your body, which is fine. You just got to work through it. Yeah. I'm all wackadoodle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wackadoo. Wackadoo. Anyone have a two-year-old who watches Bluey? Wackadoo. <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting as well because like, I feel like it's harder to conceptualize some of the other chakras even that we've talked about before and then the ones that we'll talk about coming up, right? Solar plexus is, is kind of in the middle. But I feel like solar plexus is one of the more somatic. Like you're going to feel that energy more significantly than I would say you feel changes in your third eye or in your throat. I think maybe throat, is, a, throat is another one that you would feel a lot of. I certainly do feel a lot of action in my throat when I'm emotional. But I feel like kind of universally yeah. for solar plexus, meditation is one of the best remedies if you feel like you're having problems or you're not feeling confident because if you're not feeling confident what it really means is that you're not comfortable with yourself and you're not comfortable expressing your true self you don't have the confidence to mm -hmm. do that and so if you're meditating and turning inward and trying to diagnose that you you kind of just have to go shake your own hand to some extent and get comfortable with it mm -hmm. and it's not easy and it takes time people work on it their whole lives yeah, I think also any feeling in the stomach in that core center is one that also is easily kind of turned away. Mm. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Like, oh, or easy to cover up. It's easy to cover up. It's easy to turn away and not think about it. And yeah. I also, you know, think back to the body physically too. A lot of low back, feet, mm -hmm. hip, knee, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah is linked back yes. to not having a, a physically strong core, core and trunk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yes. to be clear, by strong core, I don't mean six-pack. No. I don't yep. mean eight-pack. Mm -mm. That's not real. I mean, sure, for some it is. Not for me. Not for the regular <laughs> person who's five foot tall. Like, no. What I mean is you're physically strong mm -hmm. in your abdominal wall and you have that strong protection there mm -hmm. and then the rest of your limbs are able to work better yep. because of your core. I think what people also misunderstand is that core does not mean your abdominals. No. Right. Core is literally if you, I mean, if you think of, if someone puts a, like an inner tube around the middle of themselves, yes, right? Yes, and it's going yes. across their belly button. You have to think of that as your core. It is it's, a your three, six, it's 360 yeah, three, degrees. It's 360 core. degrees, your core. Yeah, your core is not your abdominals. Yeah. 
your low back is part of yes. your core. Your obliques are part of your Correct. core. Your yeah. erector spinae at the bottom of your Ugh. back are part of your Preach core. Preach it, Joe. Right? No, but, but, <laughs> no, but it's like I've struggled with this big time. And yoga is a great way to yes. develop that strength. I will also just kind of anecdotally attest doing those exercises and strengthening your core. Like I started working out at a powerlifting gym a couple months ago. Shout out Top Strength Project. Love you, Steve. And the little bit I've kind of fallen off and now I need to get back in. But the little bit that I did, right, it's a lot of compound lifts, Olympic lifts, and it's all, you feel so much core work. I felt a difference in how I spoke, in how I presented myself. Oh, in the few weeks sure. that I was doing it, and I feel like other people can attest to that too, that when yes. you start to really work on that strength, it exudes in other aspects oh, of your of your being. 100%. Yes. The amount of students at Westside that like started a 30-day, like our intro offer, right? They go for 30 days, they take class. Yeah. And they like, maybe we'll come to my class a few times and maybe they're taking other classes. And then like, they'll come up to me one day and be like, I feel so strong. And I'm like, that is incredible. Yep. And you can tell like, I'm not saying this to be dramatic or anything, but like even look at the way they walk in the studio now. They hold themselves differently. They are more confident. They're more themselves. Like, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's just like coming here and be more comfortable with the space in the studio. But it's also like physically you're becoming stronger on the outside too. And like mm -hmm. you are genuinely, like you said, Joe, exuding it in your presence and you're speaking up and you're saying things and like it's so cool it is really it cool is to so see it cool. i love it well and as you get more comfortable right you feel safe i think that plays a it's lot all, too like i said it's, it's, all, yeah. it's all connected i think oh, you know yeah. we, we break it out like this we can talk about each one each individually but yeah but it's, at it's the end of the day it's we're all one body and mm -hmm. everything has to flow together to work for sure you know yeah so we're getting close to the end of our time here unfortunately mm -hmm. but i had this thought i'll put you on the spot a little bit olivia and Corey, i'm going to do it to you too <laughs> oh um, boy tell us about a time in your life an event in your life that gave you confidence that you still feel today that still today you carry with you as like yeah that's me i'm i'm proud of that oh, i'll that's, go first i'm confident yeah, you with go. that this is the one that that immediately came to mind so i'm going to follow my gut and go with that one yeah you're probably going to guess it our fitness test in college for field hockey was a mile under 645. Oh my God. Six oh. minutes and 45 seconds. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you asked the question. I know, no, I know, I know. Not I everyone know. knows this story. No, I, know. Go ahead. I played field hockey in college. Junior and senior year, they changed the fitness test to one mile under six minutes and 45 seconds, which I think is pretty fast when you're talking to an endurance sport where you're running up and down the field and running like eight miles. At that time in my life, I could go out for an eight mile run, no problem. Also, sorry, you're like five foot zero correct so, like i said not not, a, not built for <laughs> i'm not built for running but i could go out and run an endurance run no right. problem i wasn't trying to sprint around a track four times mm -hmm. yeah so, sorry you wouldn't think built for running but you can run i can run yeah i don't like it anymore the summer before my senior year i trained and trained and trained and i never once got a mile you know i do all the training with the parachutes mm -hmm. and whatever else Forget the rest of my life field hockey training. It was yeah. like 90% for this. I mean, I had to pass a fitness test. They cut people. Like you had to pass right. it. And um, not once did I do it in any of the like timed, okay, this is the day you're going to come out and I'm going to time you. No, yeah. I must have done five of them. 
Never once. I was 10 seconds, 15 seconds. You know, I could never break that sub seven. Yeah. Go to school. Fitness test happens. And I remember just waking up and I was like, this is it. Self, if there's one time you're going to work, if there's one time (laughs) I didn't overthink what I ate, I didn't overthink the day, Mm -hmm. I didn't overthink the water, I didn't have to like pee 1000 times. I just like got out of bed, put my clothes on and I was like, I have one shot to do this. I've trained for three months for it. Mm -hmm. And I fucking did it in six minutes and 44 seconds. That's incredible. I honestly like (laughs) it's one of the best moments of my life. I crossed the line at 644. I started hysterically sobbing. The trainers came over to me thinking I was going to throw up because I was like heaved over. I was just sobbing. And I was like, I'm fine. I just can't believe I did this. And I will never forget it. Like, I have never felt that. I mean, I felt that good in other moments, but Mm -hmm. I was on top of the fucking world. (laughs) I was. No one could knock me down. Nobody. I love it. So fantastic. Yep. That's really good. Yeah, that's I was going to say, that's really hard to follow up with, Cork. (laughs) Um, I I honestly don't know the last time I ran a mile that short. Well, that was, I've never done it again. (laughs) So 20, it's been 10 years. Maybe we should August, do it August August oh, mile. I think I've maybe run a mile that fast one time. I think yeah, one, one time. And one maybe time. when I was in elementary school and I had to do like the tests. Oh, oh did you for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I did I, not. No. Well, I went to schools on military bases overseas. <laughs> there so. you go. Wait, Olivia, okay, you, you have know. to say yours. Yeah. I know. I'm like trying to think of like we were talking about before I'm the youngest child Mm. in my family so I kind of not kind of I compare myself to my siblings so much because they're incredible and I love them and they're like really smart they're really good at what they do and they're just incredible humans nice yeah they're great but that's a lot of pressure yes it's a lot of pressure so I think for me And this is funny because I didn't actually like get what I wanted, but I felt really proud of myself. So I'm very much into like traveling and like writing and like I feel the most myself when I'm like on a trip learning things, speaking Mm. Spanish or Italian, like languages with people and like all this stuff. And so I applied for a Fulbright and I got through the first round and I was so proud of myself. It was Mm -hmm. like the first time I'd ever felt truly, truly proud. And I was like so pumped. And again, I never actually got like through the second round, but like the relief I felt when I got Mm -hmm. that and like telling my family and like I was so excited, like I was on cloud nine, like the same exact thing. I was like, oh my God, this Mm -hmm. is incredible because it put so much work into it. I worked for like probably like seven months on essays and like interviews and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff and to like feel that like excitement and like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like that was cloud nine, solar plexus all the way. I was, I was there. But yeah, that's probably it. Awesome. Yeah. And it's funny how those moments, we both were on the verge of tears explaining yeah, those because I know. And I honestly am going to cry thinking about it because you just don't forget those moments. No. Yeah. And I've had a few with West Side, but I think the personal ones, yeah. like that was all you. 
and mine was all me. Yeah. No one else was there. And I just feel like that's it. Right. Yeah. That's it. I have a pretty good one, actually. Oh, yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah, well, so this this is the thing that was like, because you kind of said it too, but it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's kind of got like a foundational one that could like yeah. set the stage to carry forward. So I was a military brat, moved around a bunch. And when I was in fifth to eighth grade, so like 11 to 14, we lived in Sicily, Navy base there called Sigonella. Shout out Marini. Uh, if anyone happens to recognize that, <laughs> like what? Um, okay. okay, one of our one of our housing developments. Uh, there was a swim team on base for all the dependents, kids of military folks, the Signala Swordfish, and we swam in the European Forces Swim League. It's the EFSL, and we would travel to other military bases in Europe. Sicily, obviously. Is an island off of Italy. So we were there. We would go to mainland Italy, go to Naples and Rome to go to swim meets, Aviano, Vicenza, um, sorry, Venice, all over Germany, all over France. We did, you know, the UK at one time. And you would just go and race against other teams and swim against all these kids. And it was really awesome. They had a competition every year for each age group called the Pentathlon Award. And the Pentathlon Award was the fastest combination of times for five events, hence the pentathlon. So for my age group at the time, which was 12, it was 50 meters of each stroke as individual events. So you'd like, you do your 50 free and you'd get your time. You do your 50 breaststroke, you get your time. You do your 50 butterfly, you get your time. And then you did a 100 IM. And then all of those individual events totaled together was your pentathlon time. And whoever had the fastest overall time won the pentathlon award, which was just like the pinnacle. It was like, no one cared if you won just like one event at champs. It was like, did you win an event at champs? And did you get the pentathlon award? I wanted it so badly as 11 year old Joe. And I turned 12 in January and our swim meet was in February. The championship meet at the end of each year for the EFSL at that time was at the Munich Olympic pool, which for any big swimming nerds out there, Michael Phelps, obviously very famous for all the gold medals that he's won. The guy whose record he broke, his name was Mark Spitz. He was an American swim in the 1972 Munich Olympics, won seven gold medals. No one broke that record until Michael Phelps came out. So we got to swim our championship meet every year in that pool in the same, you know, 50 meter configuration, which was awesome. I was 12. I wanted to win the pentathlon. I didn't care about any of the individuals. I don't even know if I won any of the individuals, but I worked so hard. I did so much practice and I wanted it so bad and I got it as a 12-year-old. And I think actually the trophy might be sitting in that oh, room. Is it in there? there? Is it's it... in there, yeah. Oh, you want to go see if it's yeah. there? Go grab it. It used to be on our uh, bureau. Yeah, it did used to be on our <laughs> bureau. Um, but that was the first thing that I did as a person that I was like, I wanted that. I did that. Mm-hmm. I put in the work. I fucking beat everybody and mm-hmm. I won and yeah. I have the trophy for it. And mm-hmm. I still have it. And at that time, I was 12 years old. I felt like I was on top of the world. So even if I was faking confidence after that, which I think I'm a master at, it came from that moment of, I know I can do the work. I know how to buckle myself down and do it if I need to. Like when I did my MBA, I did a one-year MBA and we had that, Corey will remember that summer. I mean, I got up at 4 a.m. I was getting back at nine every night, but I pushed it for that summer and I was like, I know I can do this. I know I can push myself for a period of time to achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. And for me, that pentathlon award, that's kind of my confidence base, I think, that I pull from. It's not always there. I go and pull from it and I'm like, where the fuck are you today? (laughs) But, you know, it's when it's there, it's strong and it 
yeah, I'm always proud that. of myself for that I one. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Olivia, thank you for thanks, Liv. Thanks for joining thank us. Thanks for having me. Next yeah. time, we'll, we'll probably have to repeat this, and maybe the next episode should be uh, just us watching I, Tanya with uh, yeah. Olivia and, and, get, and getting movie. a live commentary. That is one of our favorite movies. Oh, it's one so of the last good. movies we went to see in theaters, actually. And it was. So, we've no wait. So we've seen good. movies in theaters since then. I have think. We? Oh yeah, I yes, that. we yeah, have. No, I, I, for, I, Sweetie, that came out in like 2018. Yeah, that's I remember going. <laughs> I remember going. Okay, but here's my point. I don't remember some of the more recent movies that we've gone to see in theaters. I remember going to see that in I, theaters because I'm was with so you. Good. Anyways, mm. that's the extent of my knowledge about figure skating. Is I Tanya? So. That is an insane story. Oh, it's so much yeah, fun. So we'll, have to, we'll have to. We'll have to. So like, we'll have a day and we'll watch. We'll it. Have to talk I love about it. One next time, um, Olivia. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Really Heart chakra it. next. Heart Chakra next. Yes, stay tuned. We'll see who joins us. Thank you all for listening as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.